Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Hello, I'm Chris Maxwell, and I'm with my friend Tracy Reynolds for another episode of Next Step Leadership. Hey, Chris, and this has been so much fun. Uh, Phil Cook is fascinating. Uh, yes, he's done he is. so many different things. A pastor's kid in the creative arena as a believer, moved to Hollywood. Um, uh, I love the stories, but most recently, uh, he's written several books, but the last one is Ideas on a Deadline. And uh, that's my life. Uh, is um, <laughs> where it seems like uh, I was just telling Phil off, off camera that you know we uh, every week Sunday is coming. It's yes. uh, it's showing up soon. And so last week's idea, no matter how great it was and how great we feel about it on Monday morning, <laughs> I can't celebrate too long because Sunday's coming. <laughs> now I don't mean that in a bad way. But welcome back, Phil. Yeah. And we'd love to talk about uh, ideas on a deadline, kind of where that came from, why you wrote that, and let's dive in, okay? Well, well that's a great introduction because it's funny, pastors and ministry leaders have really embraced my book because, as you say, Sunday comes with relentless regularity. <laughs> and um, every week you've got to prepare the message or the teaching teaching or the service in some way. And so they understand that there's a deadline. And it's funny, a couple years ago, I was looking through Amazon. I'm always checking creativity books. I've always lived, you know, I lead a creative production company here in Hollywood. And, and I've always just, you know, been fascinated with creativity. I love to write. And uh, I was flipping through Amazon a couple years ago, looking at anything new that was coming up on, about creativity. And the, it, it occurred to me that there's a ton of books on creativity out there, how to be creative. But there's really nothing out there on how to be creative when you're facing an incredible deadline. When the clock is ticking, when the end of the runway is coming up really fast, and you've got this hard deadline, what do you do then? How do you call up those breakthrough ideas? And so I've lived my life the same way you have, Tracy. I've lived my whole life under, you know, I've been in broadcast television. I've done two Super Bowl commercials. And I learned pretty quickly they're not going to delay the Super Bowl date because I can't come up with a good enough idea for a commercial. And so I have to meet, meet those deadlines. And so I thought I would just write not only from my experience, but from some interesting research out there about how to create breakthrough ideas when you need them the most. You know, there's a lot of myths out there. One of the myths, by the way, I should say to people who are listening today is that, you know, that people always come up to me and say, well, Phil, that's great, but I'm not really, I've never been, I'm not born creative. I'm just not a creative person. Well, mm. let me tell you, there's not a shred of research that indicates some people are creative and other people aren't. Not a shred. I mean, look at a bunch of toddlers. They're all wildly creative. You can't look at a bunch of kids and think, well, that guy's going to be an accountant or that guy's going to be an attorney. They're all wildly creative. But they're, it's like a muscle. If we don't exercise it, if we don't use it, we start to lose it. And so as long as you're creative, I mean, as long as you can engage and, be, and read and study, um, I think that's important. And the other myth, I think, is that we don't lose our creativity when we get old. Most people think, mm. as I get older, I'm going to be less creative. There's, again, no evidence whatsoever. There's some interesting research that indicates as we get older, we change our perspective on creativity. Mm. But let me tell you, as long as you're connected, you're engaging with people, you're studying, you're watching the culture, you're seeing what's going on, there's no reason 
you can't be creative into your 80s and even 90s. So th- those are myths I'd like to abolish because so many people are paralyzed by that. And then, of course, the third myth is that the deadline's going to kill me. And we think, well, you know, I, I had this presentation due by Tuesday. Uh, I'd like another week, but, you know, I'll come up with something, but it won't be as good. Well, let me tell you, that's not true at all. You could come up with great ideas when you need them the most. You just have to understand some of the techniques that I outline in the book and it can change the way you look at creativity forever. Well, let's dive into that. Okay. Let's uh, just walk us through as much of that as you or we have time to do. And, uh, man, it'd be awesome. <laughs> well, you know, there's a couple of things in the book. I divide it into a couple sections. And one of the sections is just how to change your thinking to open yourself up. And, and one of the things I think is really important is we live in such a distracted culture. We need to get a little bit organized. I'm not a big fan of the cult of productivity out there. You know, I, there's so many productivity apps and right. productivity techniques. Sometimes we end up being so productive, we don't actually do anything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we think answering email is productive. But let me tell you, if you spend your day answering email, you're spending your day responding to other people's priorities. And sometimes we need to sit back and think, okay, 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 what's my priority? What has God called me to do? Or what is my purpose in life? Those are the questions we need to think about and and, and really get organized just enough that you can create some margin. You know, one of the things we say as writers is being productive as a writer is often just staring out a window. Uh, Sometimes Mm -hmm. when I look at my best ideas over the course of my, my long career, I, I look back and think, you know, most of the great ideas I've come up with were in moments when I was bored out of my mind, you know, waiting in line at the grocery store or in the doctor's office. Um, when I, you know, and we, these days we just whip out a phone and start scrolling, doing that doom scrolling through social media. But the truth is, let yourself be bored. Let yourself have those moments of reflection. I love John Maxwell's technique of his thinking chair. You know, I'm sure you've heard, he's told me a number of times when we've spoken together, he said, I just have a chair in my office. I don't write in that chair. I don't take phone calls in that chair. I don't read in that chair. All I do is think. And he said, when I sit, I've done it for so long. When I sit in that chair, my mind just clicks into thinking mode. And that's where my ideas happen. So there is a mind-body connection when we create little rituals like that that make a dramatic difference. And the other thing I would say for setup is learn to say no. Learn to say no. You know, if God's called you to accomplish something important with your life, you're going to have to say no to some things which might sound pretty good. But we have to say no in order to free up that margin, that time to be able to say yes. I love one of my favorite quotes is from investor Warren Buffett, who said the difference between successful people and really successful people is really successful people say no most of the time because they understand what their priorities are and they know how to block all that other stuff that we're being called to do. And as Christians and as you know, leaders and creative people, we're nice. We want to help other people. We yeah. naturally want to. But sometimes we have to say no in order to really focus. And by the way, for what it's worth, guys, I have a I saw a study recently that when you're in the zone, when you're focused on a project and you're really working, Tracy, when you're prepping that teaching for Sunday and somebody walks in and interrupts you, when they finally leave, it will take you 20 to 40 minutes to get back to that same Mm -hmm. level of focus. So how many of those interruptions can happen in a day before your whole day is blown? So I think learning to say no, learning to get organized a little, just enough to be able to create those margins is really the the launching pad in order to be creative when you need it the most. 
Boy, wow. these are so so important. Uh, Super practical. You yeah. know, for somebody who loves to say yes, that's that's been a lifelong struggle, Phil. And but I know, you know, I, the difference between a, a a flood and a river is boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, and which gives. Ooh, it that's focus. good. I may I may steal that. That's good. Well, that's. <laughs> But it's so true yeah. that I have to place those in my life. And it's uh, the older that I get, what I do find is, and, and by the way, I appreciate the encouraging words that, hey, I can be creative. I, I, I watch YouTube uh, videos of people that are older still killing it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so inspiring to me. And I, I love that. Uh, and if I just am a bit intentional about it, I set some time. You talked about setting a time up to think. Well, for me, oftentimes my best prayers and my best thoughts come in a walk. Yes. And and if I don't set, there's a place that I go to walk. Yep. It's the same path all the time, Phil. But I, it's just like Maxwell's chair. Yeah. It's, I, I anticipate that I'm going to think there. I'm going to get some good thoughts there. My best ideas tend to come from that silly little walk five yes. minutes from here. Yeah. So I get it, man. I, well, I'm glad what you other, mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned yep. that because walking is an example that I think is so important in my book about letting your subconscious kind of take over. Uh, very mm-hmm. often, you know, things are rolling around in your brain. You, one, one of the things that I, I, I really emphasize in the book is when you've hit a wall, when you're stuck on an idea, you've got to come up with that teaching, that presentation, that logo, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do very good by just sitting at your desk and beating your brains against the wall. It's not going to work. Very often you have to get up and get out of there. And particularly if you get into a situation like walking where you kind of let your conscious mind just kind of let it, let it recede a little bit because when you're walking, you're not thinking, I'm not, I'm not thinking consciously about taking one step and then another and another, you you go into autopilot. And one of the studies, it's interesting. One of the research studies is if you're walking in a rural area, very often it's more effective because it's more of a kind of a, a, green, fuzzy. There's no distinctives there. You know, my, my daughter, Bailey, my youngest daughter lives in Brooklyn. She's a musician and I'll go visit Bailey and we'll walk for miles in New York. But I'm, I'm so engaged and fascinated. I'm watching that homeless dude on the street or that cop or a a store window or some beautiful architecture. I'm thinking, well, that doesn't help it. It's better if you just kind of out, out there where you're not thinking. I set up a a basket, a, a, a basketball goal in my driveway. I thought, well, when I hit a wall, I'll go out there and shoot baskets. Well, then I started thinking about my shot. And then I set up a heavy bag in my garage. And well, then I started thinking about my punching technique. And, but when you're walking, it's funny, driving is the same way. Willie Nelson said he wrote his, he's written his best songs driving in his truck. So um, anything that lets you do that. Now, another great place is a shower. One of the things mm-hmm. I discovered is seven, something like 78% of people say they have their best ideas in the shower. Yeah. There's something about that water hitting me that I tell yeah. you, the, uh, the ideas start flowing. The problem is, you know, by the time I get out, dry off, find a pen and paper, I've forgotten it. So I was, <laughs> I was, compla- I was complaining about that in the office one day, and, and w- one of the girls in the office went online and found a company called Aquanotes. They literally make waterproof legal pads. <laughs> And so my, my creativity is shot through the roof now. I can just jot it down while I'm taking the shower. In fact, you'd be, you'd be amazed at the number of Hollywood executives out here who built a shower in their office because they get such great ideas. And they'll do it two or three times during the day. So things like that that really kick in your subconscious really make a different, you know, really make a dramatic difference. 
Very cool. Well, all these have been uh, kind of uh, setting the stage for some of the techniques that you have in the book for, for moving forward and getting better at getting our ideas on that deadline. So dive yeah. into to some more thoughts there. Sure. Uh, you know, it, one of the big things is what I call the holy trinity of creativity, which is find the place, schedule the time, and show up. There's a mm. book out there that's a really fascinating book called Daily Rituals uh, by a guy named Mason Curry. Uh, he wrote it a number of years ago, and I'll tell you, it's one of those books that changed my life because he followed, he tracked 161 brilliantly productive people, artists, writers, thinkers, mm. politicians, scientists, tracked, all he did was track their daily schedule. Didn't talk about what they did, you know, the, the importance of what they did or the kind of work they did, just track their daily schedule. And he discovered the most creative and productive people in the last 200 years are virtual slaves to routine. They do the same mm. thing every day. Stephen King, the horror novelist, for instance, he has a 2,000 word target he goes for every single day. And he will write day in and day out. He writes on, on holidays. He writes on his birthday. He writes on Christmas. And he doesn't do anything until he gets that 2,000-word mark done. And there are other writers that have weird rituals. Some are really odd. Some are funny, like Victor Hugo, who wrote Les Miserables, one of the great uh, novels of all time, had weird things. Like he would take all of his clothes off, give them to his assistant, his butler, and go in his office because that way he couldn't escape. He couldn't leave. He's buck naked writing all day. And uh, Soren Kierkegaard, the great theologian, loved to walk. He said, I've walked myself into my best ideas. So it's just interesting that they do it every single day. Mm -hmm. And so number one is find, find the place where you're the most creative. You know, I, I've written, because right. I travel, I've, I've produced programming in about 70 countries around the world. I've written on the roof of a freighter chugging up the Amazon River. I've written sitting out of a, a, outside of a pyramid in 120-degree weather. I've, I've written in Africa hotel rooms where there was a military coup happening outside my window. But, but my favorite place in the world is my office because I've got my library, I've got my giant monitor, I've got all my tools and my gadgets, there I can really write. And so find that place for you. The other thing for me about the place is I can't be distracted. I, I can't have no. windows. I can't have music playing. I can't have right. the television going. It's funny. There's a, there's a sliver of research out there that in indicates some people, um, ha they're inspired by the dull roar of coffee shop conversation. So I guess that's why you see people wow. with their laptops in a Starbucks or someplace. But that's not me. I I'll just stare at people. I'll no. look at people mm -hmm. and I've got to have silence. So finding that place. The next thing is schedule the time. You know, what time of day are you the most creative? We all live by circadian rhythm. Early on in my career, I found out I was creative between 6 a.m. and noon. I mean, that I can blast. I can do amazing, intensive, creative time during that time. After lunch, I can teach. I can travel. I can go to meetings. But as far as intense creativity, forget it. There's just no way. My wife, Kathleen, keeps rock star hours. She likes to stay up late and work. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, which causes a few conflicts in the marriage, but we've worked that out. Um, but once I discuss, you know, here's the thing. I, I, even when you have a regular job, and I know you can't control your day completely. Right. A lot of people listening are that way. But w when I had a regular job in my early 30s, I had, I, I would, I realized, okay, I'm the most creative in the morning. So I wanted to write a book and I was really struggling because I had a job during the day and I had little kids at home. So I decided to go into work at 6 a.m. and I could get two uninterrupted hours from 6 to 8 a.m. in my office, no phones, no other employees. 
And I literally wrote my first two books in those two-hour blocks mm-hmm. every single day. And so I learned that just two hours in my best time of day is better than four or five hours at, at right. any other time of day. So that's incredible. And then the third thing is show up. Show up. It's so. Th- th- someone said the art of writing is the art of connecting it, the seat of your pants to the seat of a chair. And I think mm-hmm. it's so true. It, you just got to make it a regular routine. Show up every day. Find that block of time. Find the best place. And then show up. And I'll tell you, those that, that alone, because as human beings, we are slaves of routine. And I wanted to think I can be creative anytime I want, but I really, really can't. Not, not, not super creative. Obviously, I have creative bursts at, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon or nine at night. I'll have ideas that hit me, but really intense creative work. I figured out that time and I've stuck to it. It's made a dramatic difference. I, I didn't mean to ramble so much, but I just no, this think is good. That, that's finding the place, <laughs> so you know, practical. setting the time yeah. and showing up is so incredibly important. And, and this is being wise instead of yeah. wasting time uh, and, and still having, uh, you know, a, a memory of, well, I spent these hours working. No, you wasted time. Yes. And, and for, for me, and, and Tracy knows, I'm like early morning, and that's yeah. when my brain works best. And I have to be like oversensitive. Yeah. Because you know, there will be many times in my different roles and jobs that I do get a call and I have to do yes. something that wasn't planned, wasn't expected. That's a part of it. But I also need to show reverence to what I consider holy time. Yes. Um, where my journaling may turn out to be a book that is for someone else to be encouraged, someone else to read. But it begins, I feel like I'm David writing my poetic journal entries in my psalmistic therapy to God, my creator. Really uh, true. Because, you know, he is the one that has enabled this damaged brain to still be able to talk and write and do things they never thought I'd be able to do. So I don't want to waste it. Yes. You know, and I want, I want our audience to remember that each person is important. They have things to say, ways to lead, people to, to pastor and to serve and to care for. Yeah. Uh, but, but we need to prioritize our schedules so that we can do what we do and do it well. That's important. So there's a, a counter, um, something that I'm hearing kind of across the grain of what you're saying that's a little bit counterintuitive, I think, for creatives is that we think, well, if I have these uh, boundaries, these spaces, it might be confining. But what for? I'm, I'm a jazz keyboard player, mm. and I, I need structure is is freeing. Yes, that if I have a plan, I can change my plan. That's exactly and, and until right. you give me a better plan, I'm going to use my plan. But I need a plan. I need a space. I need some structure to provide the opportunity for freedom. And I, I didn't always know mm-hmm. that, Phil. That's true. It's fun. You know, Orson Welles, the great filmmaker that did Citizen Kane, who many consider the greatest film of all time, said the absence of limitations is the enemy of art. And he mm-hmm. understood. I mean, here's a guy who directed the greatest film of all, possibly the greatest film of all time. And he understood the power of limitations. I think that's really, really important. And, and I, let me say this, since so many leaders listen to your podcast, let me throw this out there. One of the great techniques that I learned is, you know, when it comes to meetings with your team, Go have your meetings where the problem is. I, I discovered this will really mm. open up the creative, the creative fountain. Um, you know, so often we sit in a conference room eating donuts until, you know, and beat our head against the wall trying to solve problems. I'll tell you, if your problem is in the parking lot, have the meeting in the parking lot. If your problem mm. is in the youth building, have a meeting in the youth building because that will open up when, when people start seeing where the problem lives, that opens up ideas for them. I, I tell the story in my book about, 
you know, go to the source of whatever, you know, what, whatever you need to do, go to the source. My, when I was, you know, I, I got fired at 36. We were living in the Midwest. I got fired from my job. We moved to California. On the way, we decided to stop in Las Vegas because my wife Kathleen's parents lived there. She grew up in Vegas. And we thought, okay, let's live with them for a month while Kathy, Kathy and I go back and forth to L.A. looking for a house. And uh, while we were there, I realized I still got to ha- do some work here. I was freelancing. So a friend of ours who was a graphic designer introduced us to the marketing, introduced me to the marketing director at the Circus Circus Hotel. She also mm-hmm. ran the Excalibur, mm-hmm. the Sahara, and her, the guy that ran them all at the time had a boat racing team. So she hired me as a copywriter to write advertising copy and all kind of stuff. And I was, I had to name menu items on the menu. I had to do promotional copy for the hotels. But one of the things I had to do is this is back when Vegas was trying to be family friendly. Circus Circus launched the largest indoor amusement park called the Adventure Dome for little kids. It was all designed for little kids. And they were trying to lure families to Vegas. And they said, okay, Phil, we're building this thing. We need you to name the rides. And I thought, I don't know, you know, what am I going to do? So I, I beat my head against the wall for a couple of weeks trying to figure it out. And then I realized, well, wait a second, this is for little kids. And our oldest daughter, Kelsey, was in second grade. So I thought, let me go to the let me go to the source. And so I talked to, to her teacher and she gave me an hour, an hour. Let me come in for an hour in the classroom. And I said, OK, guys, we got a roller coaster that goes through the desert. Some kid yelled out Canyon Blaster. OK, check. Uh, <laughs> then I said, OK, here's a ride that jump knocks you up and down and shakes you around. There's a roadrunner. Check. So I went through this whole list of, 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 of rides and I, I cleaned it up a little bit. Not much. I pretty much left it the way the kids had come up. The next day, I presented it to the leadership team at the hotel, and they didn't change a single name. <laughs> and, <laughs> and 30 years I later, we went back. 30 years later, we went back to the hotel t- to take our grandkids. We took them to the Adventure Dome. The same rides are still there, and guess what? They have the, s- the same name. And uh, that's, a, that's a lifetime in the amusement park business. So the idea of instead of me trying to come up with everything, let me go to the second graders who are going to be using this thing. That's and their priceless. names were brilliant. So go to the source, mm-hmm. go to the place where the problem is. It can make a dramatic difference for leaders. Well, this is great. And uh, Tracy and um, Phil, I, I just thank you both. Uh, great dialogue. And, and Phil, this is good. This is good for all of us. In these, in these days of uncertain times, we need something to bring us some equilibrium. I'm ready to go create so. something. Let's go. Go create something. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even you're not it. too old. You're not too old. Come on, right. we can do it. That's good news, We can man. do this. Well, thanks again, and uh, let's, let's stay connected, and, and we believe we will continue looking for creative ways uh, to let our next steps be our best steps. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. 
We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday. So join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.